You've traveled far and wide, and you've stumbled into the White Wolf's Den. Come on in and get cozy. I'm recording this on April 9th, 2020, on a cloudy day, and we're still in a world of quarantine. For those of you that know me, and those of you who don't, I usually bring a pretty large presence wherever I go. You know, I was always a big kid, so there was always talk about me playing sports when I was young and grown up. I started at a really young age doing martial arts with uh, Soke Takayuki Kubota at the International Karate Association, otherwise known as IKA. I started literally at around three years old. My mom was very young when she had me, and I'm sure she needed a hand wrangling me, and she believed that this would bring discipline into my life. I really hated being punished, so when I was being a brat and they made me do push-ups, it really helped to ingrain that discipline into me. I learned about consequences. Soke is still alive today, and his dojo is on Verdugo Road in Glendale, just south of Montrose, California, which is one of my favorite cities, right, with uh, great restaurants and -and mom-and-pop shops and a walk well-designed and maintained with beautiful trees, which are lit up at night to create a comforting ambiance. Montrose sits against the foothills of La Crescenta. Karate taught me a lot, not just about discipline, but about losing and how terrible that is. At least it was terrible to me. I lost my first two karate tournaments. I competed in kata, which is like a series of set moves. There's, and you know, a lot of different disciplines will do their versions of katas of the same name, but they're just a way to practice your form and technique. And then kumite, which is sparring for points, at least in the karate, um, it's for points. And both of those losses in those tournaments devastated me. I felt like shit. I was crying like a little baby. And I needed that. I needed that to grow up. It pissed me off. You know, this is when I learned the benefits of hard work. Because on my third tournament, I swept through my kumite opponents and I won my first gold medal. There was an insane euphoria to that victory. I'm going to be honest, I'm greatly opposed to participation trophies. Life is not fair all the time. You know, it's, it's not fair. And even when you do your best, you're going to be dealt some losses in your life. You have to learn that failure. Uh, you have to learn it and then you have to be able to cope with the failures failure is not the end all but the less you face with your failure the less you face your failures the harder they are especially when they count your earlier failures will teach you that life goes on and you have to move on because nobody's going to wait for you when i was a little when i was little uh, i remember watching football on tv and seeing some amazing players i remember watching bo jackson I remember when he got hurt, and that sucks so much because it sucks to see amazing people uh, that should have so much left in their tank go down to career-ending injuries. I liked the Raiders when they were in L.A. You know, my mom, she used to cheerlead for them for a second. I remember being at Shakey's as a child, and my mom and her friend were talking about the Raider games, and I said I wanted to go, and my mom's friend said, oh, no, you can't go. They throw bags of piss at each other. This was back in the 80s. When when only real men went to football games. <clears throat> Los Angeles, home of the Dodgers. It's my baseball team. And I, damn, I'm pissed that everything's postponed right now. You know, Chavez Ravine, where you can't tailgate. <laughs> Every time 
I get to tailgate any sporting event, it makes me realize how much I hate that I can't tailgate at Dodger Stadium. That asshole still owns the parking lot, too. I mean, that's unrelated to the tailgate thing. The reason you can't tailgate is because a small group of assholes would start fights with rival team fans, and one of those mouth-breathing drunk assholes beat some fan up so bad that they almost killed him and gave him a brain damage for the rest of his life. But the Dodgers make it hard to be fans. They want. They went to this format on TV where they had their own channel, just like uh, the Lakers did too. And then you couldn't watch any of the stupid ass games unless you had shit Time Warner, you know. Unless they want to be one of my sponsors. But uh, until then, now they're Spectrum. Just so y'all know. When I was younger, you turn on the TV, uh, and you had local channels, and you'd get your sports. You wouldn't need, like, stupid-ass cable to watch sports. And you know what really sucked about those channels, too? Like, the Laker channel had all these lame, like, reality show, behind-the-scenes drama shit. Because it's like they're trying to appeal to, like, a certain audience that doesn't care really about sports. They're trying to just, like, hey, maybe we can get money here. And it's like, it sucks because it's like they needed their whole channel that you need to get so you could watch their games. And then they load it with like 22 hours of garbage, like all day. <clears throat> but anyways, my cousin Steven, he lives up in New York. And they have season tickets to the New York Giants, which, yeah, you know, hey, but he's a fan. Real fan, not a Fairweather fan. <clears throat> and when we went to the game, they have like four or five parking spots. And everybody in the tailgate, everybody in the tailgate group is responsible for like a portion of the meals. Like one guy gets the sausage and bacon at this special place, and it's special. Really. Like, I've never seen such large, amazing sausage patties. And bacon. The bacon's huge, too. <laughs> and there's a bunch of eggs cooking. And then somebody gets these ridiculous bagels from this special place. And then there's these hash browns. And some of the ladies make their homemade cobblers and these sweet casseroles. And then... And then we go to the game, and at the end, I'm, like, still talking about that first tailgate we had. And then my cousin goes, well, wait, get, get ready for round two, fucking dinner time. They got steaks, sausages, spaghetti. I'm talking full-course meals. Uh, what, what do we get at Dodger Stadium? If I'm looking for my wallet in my car for two seconds, some asshole is knocking on my window to see if I'm having a smoking weed or, or having a sneak drink, you know? <sighs> I'm not making that up either. I literally, any time that I'm looking for, like, my sunglasses or anything, they'll come up and in two seconds they'll be on your window like, hey, hey, you got to get out of your car. My friend Kim rented a little bus to take to the game, and we tailgated at her house, and we took the bus, and we had a great time. So I, I recommend, like, having a little party at your house and then renting a bus. It's like... The same as parking, sometimes, probably. And you can actually have a good time. And it's sad that you have to do that because of a few assholes. I played football at the University of Memphis between 2003 and 2005. I transferred there from Mount Sac, and I haven't been to Memphis since I graduated. And it's a shame, because I really love that town, and I've really wanted to go back. Memphis was a really special place. You know, May is the time to go. There used to be like four weeks of events when I used to live in Memphis. There was a barbecue fest, uh, Memphis uh, music festival, crawfish festival. Those are the ones I really remember. I don't know if they still do those things. I know they do the music festival, but they were amazing when I was there. So Memphis Music Fest when I was there, it's back in my day. I sound like an old man now. 
was 55 bucks for three days. And in those days, like I saw bands, I saw like James Brown, Chicago, Robert Randolph, Warren Haynes, Black Crows, uh, just countless. Uh, there were, I think I saw a band called Crossfade. Uh, you know, they were, they had a, one good album to me that I liked, you know, but there's all these b- amazing bands for 55 bucks. BB uh, King, saw BB King for cheap. And they used to have something called the Mud Island Concert Series. And that ended, if not the first year, the second year that I was there. For a month, every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you pay three bucks and you go see three uh, premium bands. Like I, I remember vividly, like Blues Traveler and John Pop, John Popper. And Popper kept throwing his harmonicas in the crowd, and I was dying to get one. And this was back in his sweaty, slobbering days, and I didn't care. I wanted a Popper harmonica, man. But anyways, Memphis was a wild place, man. You had the Highland Street Bars, which are kind of like the the college area. There was a, a place off Highland that was called Varsity, I think. And it was five bucks. All you could drink beer and one dollar SoCo lime shots. And the bartender owner was, uh, parent, I think he was the mascot for the Memphis Grizzlies, the Grizz. And if you were sitting at the bar and looked up on a ledge on the wall was... The Squatch mascot, like the real costume of the Squatch from the Seattle Supersonics. And even though I grew up a Laker fan, I always thought the Supersonics was one of the coolest team names that ever, ever made for any team. And I was actually kind of sad. They went to Oklahoma and that Seattle went away. But I think there's somebody talking about they want to start that over. Uh, Who was it talking about? Kevin Garnett? Was he talking about that? I think he wants to start it up again. Quick side story about, you know, I said I was a Laker fan. Like, the way I became a Laker fan, I was like three years old. It's around 1986-ish, and the Lakers are playing the Denver Nuggets. And when they started playing, my mom asked me who I wanted to win. And I said, the Nuggets. I want the Nuggets to win. My mom was like, why don't you want the Lakers to win? They're from Los Angeles. And I was like, I want the Nuggets to win because I love chicken nuggets. And if the Nuggets win, maybe I'll get some Nuggets. That's all I gave a shit about. <laughs> you know? My mom laughed and said, like, well, I'll give you Nuggets anyways, uh, but the Lakers are going to win. And I said, well, how do you know? And she, I was, like, mad. I was like, how do you know? You think you know so much? She goes, because they got this guy called Magic Johnson. And then I was pissed because I was like, that's not his real name. I was like, that's stupid. Does he call himself that? And they were like, no. That's his nickname. And you watch, and you'll see why. And then... I proceeded to watch the Lakers completely destroy the Nuggets. Magic Johnson didn't miss a shot that I remembered. I don't remember him missing a shot. Every time he got the ball, I was like, they can't stop him. And he'd run down the lane, and he'd no-look pass, or he'd keep it and put it in himself. They had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy. And this game, when I watched, was Magic's game, dude. And the last shot before halftime, his time expired, Magic threw up a shot from half court, and I said... He's got to miss this one. He's going to miss this one, finally. And the fucker made it. (laughs) He made the half-court shot. And that was the moment I became a Laker fan. They blew me away every time I watched him play. And uh, Magic would get me all pumped up, dude. God, he was so exciting to watch. And back to Memphis. Anyways, back to Memphis. There There was a venue on Highland Street as well called newbies and they had a small cover there and they were bands that played there like they had a kind of a main stage uh they had some smaller like 
house bands play during the week at some points. But the, I remember in 2006, I think Tone Loke played at Newbies. And I think uh, there was another band from Nashville that was really fun called Super T. And they had like these real like kind of like James Brown vibes. And the dude wore like a Superman outfit with a T on it. And uh, he brought the funk. They were a funky band, man. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed when I lived in Memphis, man. Because of all the, all the, the, so many venues had live music and incredibly talented rock and blues musicians. You, you could walk down the street, and like I remember when I was there, I saw Jerry Lee Lewis, like walking by himself. I was walking to meet some friends, and I passed him, and I thought I recognized him, and I said, I was like, I stopped, I turned around, and I go, hey, 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 are you Jerry Lee Lewis? And he's like, the one, he turned around like, like. The one and only. Oh, my God. It fucking blew me away. And he was going to play at some little joint where they had these little blue bands. He would just show up randomly. And I told my friends, I was like, dude, Jerry Lee Lewis is going to play at some bar. Uh, they had Sun Studios, Johnny Cash, Elvis, Big Four. They went over there and they played like a little thing. It's a really, if you're ever in Memphis, that's a really cool place. Hashtag when we can, because we, we're fucked now. Quarantine life. But Sun Studios, if you could take a tour there, if they still do those, that's a really cool place to see some music history, you know. <laughs> there was a another place, a, one of my other favorite places to go when I was living there, uh, this uh, little eclectic joint called Rayford's was incredible. Now, the floor was pieces of colored plexi that was under lit from underneath, and you could walk in there, and all on this side, as you walked in, was all glass. The, all the walls were glass, and on this side, all along the walls were couches that led you all the way to the dance floor. And even on the dance floor, there were couches against the walls, leather, like all different colors. And to the right, as you walked in, to the right, there was a bar that only served 40s of Bud Light. And you could do it with 40 hands in the bar. And they were six bucks. <clears throat> and that was big in college. I mean, because even even back then, like it was like five bucks for a beer at the bars, and you know six bucks for a forty. That's a bit. That's like three beers right there. And there was also a drum set on the floor, on the dance floor that anybody could play. It was basically first come first serve, you know. And there would be a little line that would form up, and it wasn't as bad as you'd think. I mean, it got kind of funny sometimes, but it's like, <laughs> especially when you're drinking forties. <laughs> I mean, so. And I saved the next best couple things for last. Like then there was the incomparable Rayford. Robert Rayford was was his name. He was the DJ. He was always dicked out in like leather, like red leather or some other like off the wall eighties garbs. Like he had an all white suit with this crazy ass fedora or like a gold sequin vest. I remember like he was wearing one night and, and he had the wettest, slickest, shiniest Jerry curl I I've ever seen in my life. And he loved the attention because he wouldn't just wear that shit in the club. He would wear that wherever he was. He wanted to be a star, man. And we'd be dancing and he'd hit that smoke machine and, and then you couldn't see anything. You'd just see white because he put hit that thing as hard as he could. And a, he'd have a siren, he'd blow a whistle. And he, he passed away in like, I don't know if it was 2017, a couple of years ago. This place was 10 bucks to get in. And me and my friends hated covers, you know. And we love this place. They also had like three, four, three or four limos that 
apparently you could call and they'd come pick you up but like and they were white and they said rafers on the side and but i never knew anybody who ever took that offer like maybe it would be like a little expensive that's why i always like saw them sitting there <clears throat> apparently it reopened uh it closed shortly after i left and then it reopened but then rayford died i think I think it was 2017. I have to look that up. But according to my Memphis sources, which I checked today, it looks like there's another Rayfords that opened up called Paula Rayfords, and it's very much like the original. I don't know about the 40s, but apparently they serve liquor now. So it's it's like almost like a bittersweet because it was so cool, kind of a gimmick. But I guess you make more money if you have options. A lot of some people don't like beer. Apparently it's not like the original, but it's like bigger. Uh, I don't know about the amenities or quirks, but. If you, uh, I'd have to go back and check out, you know, I want to go back and check it out. <clears throat> so another thing Memphis is famous for when I was there was their driver at barbecue. And ha again, hashtag when we can, you should go back. Uh, you should go check out rendezvous. It's downtown Memphis, close to Beale street. Uh, not far from Rayford's is, I don't know. Rayford's a little farther down. Uh, it's a little pricey for rendezvous, but it's like totally worth it. It's just like a thing to do. They also have steaks there. I believe that like they're on display and you can pick your steak, but you should go there for the dry rub. Uh, when I took my recruiting trip to Memphis, they took us to rendezvous and it was there. I was there in the December. It was like snowy. It's cold. It was a windy winter and my lips got super chapped and the combo with the dry spicy ribs made my first time like rather unpleasant. But And I did not have a good time at all. But then I went back and I got to savor them with the clear regular lips. And it's like totally worth it. There was like another spot. Uh, fuck. There's a guy in in L.A. He does JR Barbecue. It's on La Cienega. And it's uh, close to Culver City. And he's from Memphis. And he has a place. His brother has a place in Memphis. as an international barbecue or something. Uh, I, I don't remember eating there when I was there, but he said to check it out. And if you actually want to go try out some, it's not dry rub, but it's also like quote unquote Memphis barbecue. JR's barbecue has some really good sandwiches and really good barbecue. Uh, I like the, the medium, but, and the, uh, the sauces are really good to me and savory. Uh, somebody else told me that you should try J and J's barbecue in Compton. And that place is supposedly a lot of people's favorites that I talk to out there. Uh, Anyways, uh, <sighs> reason I brought up Memphis and sports because today my guest is Ryan Scott. Uh, he was a wide receiver at Memphis. He got there 2003, same year as me, and I felt like connecting with him again. We've stayed in contact on social media. Like he always, he's been on LeBron, a LeBron fan. It's like it's almost like he doesn't have a team. He's a fan of players. You know, I actually respect him for that. You know, because like. I got like a Lawrence Taylor jersey when I was up in uh, in New York, and my buddy's like, oh, and I even have a, I got a giant shirt that my cousin gave me that I wear to work because it actually covers my ass, and nobody wants to see my ass crack. But um, I got the Lawrence Taylor jersey because I'm a Lawrence Taylor fan. He was sick, you know. I know he fucking tried to fuck an underage prostitute, and that's he's a piece of shit for that. But I'm a fan of his work, you know. Um, 
But this dude loves LeBron, and I, we used to, I always used to talk shit to him because I'm a Laker fan. And then as soon as LeBron came to the Lakers, I was like, hey, we, you know, we could be on the same team. <laughs> so my buddy Ryan Scotty was a wide receiver, got there when I was there. Uh, we stayed in contact, and he lives in Jackson, Tennessee, and he's a coach at Northside, which was apparently his rival. And we'll find out more about that on the podcast. He did a stint in arena football, and he wants to coach college athletics. Here he is. Ryan Scott, you are our next guest on the White Wolves Den. <laughs> That's my name. Did you ever know my middle name? No. <laughs> my middle name's White Wolf. I'll, I'll show you my ID. But For real? That's my second middle name. It goes Robert Joseph White Wolf Garofalo, but there's no H in White Wolf. No, oh, man. <laughs> I'm part Indian. No, that's what everybody says, but it's like, I think my dad, my dad was just crazy. He's a crazy asshole. That's all. <laughs> Dude, this is the first time I've talked to you looking at your face, probably, probably since college, like looking at you like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. But we kept in touch though. We did keep in touch. What you been up to, man? Man, working. That's right. Coach. Oh, you coaching? Yeah, I always see you. You always, uh, you're not. I don't know uh, who's a better coach though, you or Jamal Rufus? Come on now, <laughs> me. <laughs> you know what my favorite part? But whenever I watch Jamal, he was a player. He's a guy who he played with. So sometimes I might be talking to the audience or whatever. But whenever I see him coaching his kids, he has that like the Clay Helton voice. He's like, Oh yeah. All right, get down now. <laughs> His kid kid gonna be a stud. I know, dude. I actually been when I've been watching. He makes that kid run up hills. He he ain't gonna be better than mine. (laughs) Mine cold too. (laughs) I think I think I saw some clips of your kid. Just uh, what 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 position does he play? He's a receiver. Running back. He's running back. I I I think I remember you posting some shit where he's making everybody look bad. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Are you hard on him? Oh yeah. <laughs> gotta be. Yeah. No, I'm I'm even hard on the baby. You know, I got a I got two boys. The baby boy, he bigger than the older brother. Wow. He just seven. Okay, I think I remember seeing some of that too where you where you said that. Like you said he's bigger. Yeah, so, so you got two boys, yeah. huh? Yeah. Your wife how's she feel about that? She just like me. <laughs> oh, she's cool. She harder than she harder on them than I am. Yeah. But did she want she want girls? Man, she wanted another one, but that shit ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's hard huh that's crazy Man. where are you at where are you living at right now i'm in jackson tennessee, in jackson, tennessee. oh are you is that that's south of nashville no that's an hour north of uh, memphis hour north of memphis yeah well two actually it'll be from nashville that'd be uh about about three hours. But you're an hour. Half, you're man. an hour north of Memphis, right? Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was getting confused with Franklin because Dave. You remember Dave Davis, right? Big white. Yeah. 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 Big country. Uh, he lived. He lives in Franklin, Tennessee, which is about a half hour south of Nashville right now. How do you mm-hmm. like it in Jackson? I'm sorry. Do you Do you want to go? Do you want to coach college? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah, Charles still trying to move to Cali. Oh yeah, you want to come out to here, huh? <laughs> dude, you know, I don't think you do, man. This is fucking it's when you come out here you'll be like 
Your money just does not go far out here. Man. It's crazy. I already know. I, I told my uh, my girl, I said, man, let's move to California. She was like, hell no, you'll get out there and leave me. Said, That's you true. Well, <laughs> <laughs> dude, you're, see, you're smart. You're a smart guy. See, that's the thing. You know, like, you know, she... <laughs> Yeah, the that's I know exactly why you want to come out here. No, it's a it's a it's a cool it's a cool place. Like, yeah, you know, I grew up here, and I mean, but I it was always a struggle out here. You know, it was always just me and my mom, and I got lucky. Uh, I work. I fell in the film business. It's a bitch, and they they shut us down for this mm-hmm. for the coronavirus. And I've been working on Blackish with uh, Anthony Anderson, Tracy Ellis Ross, Lawrence Fishburne. And they're, really? they're yeah oh yeah I work yeah. on I work on this I do uh, art stuff so anything you see in front of the camera I help move it around so they can get their shots and then like okay. and then uh, I take pictures of all the sets so that we could rebuild them if we have to and like I come from I do commercials like we do the same thing we've done I've done a bunch of like beer commercials music videos I haven't really worked on a lot of movies though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm in Hollywood, man. It's, and every time I do some like like I see Lawrence Fishburne, I'm like, it's fucking Morpheus. And um, he did a scene on the show where he's in like a '70s bar throwing them fucking dice, and he's cheating, and he's wearing a leather trench coat. And so he, I was like, oh, it's, and he had to beat their asses because they were like. Hey, you're cheating. And he goes, okay, fucking bring it. And then he started like roundhouse kicking him. And I was like, when he was, he sat down, I like walked by him and I was like, and he was, and he, and he did it back. He did it back. Oh man. Oh shit. Oh shit. You you still haven't, uh, we need to get, we need to get Bobby, man. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Dude, he's like, he's hard to get a hold of. He's, he's, he's under, under, uh, he's under protection from, oh. hey, talk oh. about a lady who, who, who has, you know, she protects him <laughs> from man, something. Where is he? Where, he's still in Florida. Yeah, he's still in Florida. I talk to his brother sometimes, uh, just text every once in a while. And I, I, I mean, the last I heard Bobby was. He was doing like air, like he was directing like planes to come in. That's the last. That's the last time I saw. I don't know, man. Oh uh, man, I always thought he would. He, he had the talent to go somewhere. It really kind of sucked. He got a bad. He got a bad rap, you know, over there. Yeah. Well, how would how did you do? Oh, uh, well, actually, you know, since we're on we're on my big super famous show. Um, why don't you tell everybody about you, you know, how do we know each other, you know? Well, me and Bobby, we, we go way back. What is it, about 13 years? Yeah. Right around 13 years. I was yeah, saying, played, I uh, think you came in 2004. Is that when you three. got to? You, you were in three. Okay, yep, my first year. Three. I yep. just remember you showing up and, and you were hard to, you were hard to cover. That's all I remember. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I would. <laughs> what did you What did you do after Memphis? Did you get any shots in the pros? Uh, I went to I played arena football for a while, for about about six about six seven years, team to team. It was fun though. Yeah, free place to stay. Yeah, I got Money. a couple. I got I tried out with the uh, Avengers, and it mm-hmm. was I. 
they ended up canceling the season like right when I was getting on the team. Uh, and I was like, damn it! Because <laughs> it was right when the yeah. economy was crashing and all the, the Arena 1 leagues went away. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I did that. I did that about, about seven years. Did you ever try Man. Canada football? No. No. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't even want to mess with it. I, I think, know, hell, Mo, Mo, Mo Avery did, though. Well, that fucker, <laughs> man, he's always, like, he went to the military, too, like, recently. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, you're going back to that shit, that fucking grind. Exactly. Oh, man, he's always a, he's a workhorse, man. I know Chris Kelly went up there, and he was listed as the sixth that, no, he was like the second, third kicker or something because they could only have so many Americans mm-hmm. on the team. And then yeah. the kicker got hurt, so they had to fire him so they could get another kicker or something. Chris Kelly. I haven't saw, I haven't saw, I haven't saw Kelly in a long time. Yeah, I've, I've seen people sparingly on Facebook, but, you know, dude, this whole quarantine, I've been like, I've had I've had time and I'm trying to do like good things. I'm trying to like eat well. I'm trying to call my friends that I haven't seen in a long yeah. time because it's it's been so I always like when I call the old my old friends like like you and like all the guys I played with I get like a little emotional cuz I remember all the it was such good times, man. man. Yeah, well, it was uh actually me, me, Smurf, Pratt, Rufus, Gaither, um, who else? I think Mo. He in there too. We got like a little group me. Yeah. Thing we was just talking about how we uh our senior year how we lost on the hail mary. Those damn pregame meals was good as hell. Oh, I remember lasagna. <laughs> damn, um, mat drills. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, you know what I was thinking about the other day? I was thinking about uh, phase two. You remember Phase Two? Yeah. Why don't you tell Why don't you tell everybody what Phase Two was? Let's see if you remember. <laughs> Let's see if I remember. Wait, is that is that the uh, the uh, morning drills? Oh yeah. In five, the cold weather. Was oh five forty five a.m. Five forty five a.m. Two days a week. Tuesday those, and those Thursday. Stations. Stations. Those stations, and then when we get halfway done. Somebody mess up and we got to start over. Remember this? All right, let me do Coach Tommy West. Get your asses back here. <laughs> Take your ass back there. Fucking. Hey. Yeah. You do you do you remember you remember when uh when I got caught I got caught skipping class and we had to do them damn up downs. Do you think? Of course I remember, motherfucker. <laughs> I remember, dude, I remember every single time someone skipped class. I remember every fucking time. So, in Memphis... But we had 200. We did like uh, 250 up down. Man, no, it was I, so hot. How about this one, though? <laughs> they were like, Slim, we beat your ass. How about this? Do you remember the next time that we got that we got fucked and we had to show up? So, if, we got, if somebody missed class, I'm going to say, if somebody missed class, one person missed class, and they went and checked, and you weren't there, they punished the whole team. So we did all those up downs. Either Big Willie skipped class or something, and then he quit. Then he quit, and we still got punished. And we showed up, but dude, I don't know how you felt, 
But I th- everybody was looking around. We were like, dude, we got this. I think we can. We got these up downs. I said, I, I, I'm actually fucking ready for this. And right when I said that, they said, get on the line. And I was like, this isn't up downs. And they did the scalded dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, I make my players do that now. Oh, I did. I did that when I was coaching at Glendale <laughs> High School, and I made the. I they, and nobody'd seen that before. Nobody had heard of a scalded really? dog. Oh yeah, and they were like, and the coaches were like, "That's fucking great." <laughs> they were like, "Oh, we're gonna fuck all these guys." Oh <laughs> um, uh, yeah, hey, that that scalded dog. Hey, that make a act right quick. So a scalded dog is like a bear crawl, but with one foot on the ankle, and you're kind of hopping. Now let me tell you something, Slim. I don't know how you how good you were at that, but the O line and the D line, we did one, and then fucking Coach West was like, "Ah, get your fucking asses back!" Because some the receivers <laughs> were getting their ass handed to them, and they weren't doing it, or they would <laughs> stop and take a break. So I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" And we went back, and we did fucking four before they counted one. Ooh. Ah, man, scalded dogs. Man. Just when you think, like, I, I got this, I got this, they come up with some new shit always. Exactly. Yeah. And I had I had to do scalded dogs at, at 5 in the morning, me and Coach Hilton out there by ourselves. Oh, fuck. Man, I told Coach, I said, Coach, I'm going to quit. <laughs> he said, no, you're not, bub. Yeah. No, you're not, bub. <laughs> <laughs> bub. You know, I went and saw him. You know, we filmed, so we filmed Blackish at USC for, uh, so Yara, the, or it's uh, her real name. No, it's Yara's her real name. Uh, she has a show called Grownish, and they, they did like the pilot episode at USC. And I went and saw Coach Helton without telling him I was going to see him. Because one of the yeah. guys on the team, I mean, one of the guys on Blackish, he was an equipment manager at USC. So he goes over there, he's a big fan. So he called his buddy, who's the head equipment manager, and and then they said, "Oh yeah, we'll go, we'll go down and look at the the workout area, and it's incredible. They have this underground facility, and I guess like some of the volleyball girls live down there. Which I mean, I know where you would be. <laughs> It'd be underneath there. Yeah, there <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so fucking uh, Coach Helton comes out." And he 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 just got out of the shower or something. He's wearing like a little suit thing, and he's coming over and meeting all of us. And then he gets to me, and he he's like, I it's like, hi, my name's Bobby Garofalo. And he goes, holy shit, I know you. <laughs> he gave me he gave me a big hug, dude. He gave me a big hug, and it was he was he's super nice. And uh, I gave him a, a shout, but it was like this all this stuff was going down. So I, I, hopefully this is all gonna blow over, and I'll, I I want to go see him again. He said I can come over anytime that I'm family. So and you, I mean anybody that was at Memphis is family. Um, what do you think? So what do you what do you think about the the sports, man? I mean they shut everything down. When do you do you think that we're gonna have an NFL season this year? Man, I don't know, man. It's this stuff crazy. It's right, right. To, this shit want to come when LeBron about to win the ship. <laughs> well, I'm like, man, hey, come on. Yeah, yeah. I had to. Uh, now I got some on the grill. Oh <laughs> yeah. What do you, you? What do, What are you cooking, homie? Man, some uh, shrimp, salmon. Mmm, little salmon. Yeah, I've been eating a lot of. Uh, my buddy brought me a bunch of fish from some fishing trip before all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff went down. And. um... 
I've been kind of eating that, and uh, I did get a bunch of chicken. I've been eating good, man. I lost like, dude. I got, I was so fat in February, three hundred and forty one, three hundred and forty one pounds. You big, you you kind of tall. You're straight though. No, no, no. So I've lost forty pounds since February, and all, all I was doing was eating good, like eating like an adult. Hey, ain't no wrong with me. Yeah. No, it was ain't nothing good. wrong with it. Yeah. But anyways, uh so what I was saying was uh how has uh how has this coronavirus affected you? Like they shut the school down, right? Yep. Uh, hey, we still getting paid, so it don't matter to me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> damn, we go back at night. Yeah, I love that, man. That's good for you, man. Um did and the kids it's really hard on them too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know my they, my kids, they know what's going on, but they, you know, they really don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, they Fortnite 24 hours a day, man. They on this shit, like, they don't even eat sometimes. Oh, you're That's talking about your kids? Doing, you're talking about your kids? Yeah. What about what about yeah. your team, like your players? Um, Right now, they, they know either. They All they know is they out of school. I mean, it really sucks for the seniors, though, because, you know, they don't have no, they're not going to have a graduation or a prom or None of that stuff, because they said we're not supposed to go back until uh, the 24th mm. of April. But the way it's looking, they steady pushing it back, so you probably won't even go back. Yeah, so I'm not trying to spread any rumors. I, I talked about this with a, this other friend of mine, Joe, who he works in the film business with me. So besides him, it you, it was 19th of April about three weeks ago, and then and mm. then they're talking about the end of May, uh, the end of May. Is is what they're talking about? Things kind of going back to normal, and it keeps getting pushed. And then my buddy Joe said that his productions won't go back until August. Damn! But that's his. That's really? for that's for his productions for film. I don't know. So I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm. I mean, but just imagine this. Look how bad this shit is. Like right. And they're making us stay home. Mm-hmm. Obvi- I mean, we can't we can't just go out because this shit's like really contagious. Apparently, do you know anybody who's got it? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. I know one I person. So check this out. So one person from Blackish, she had two friends that had it, and one of them died. Damn. Yeah, that's all I know. I don't really know anybody else who has it. Uh, all I'm seeing is famous people, and they seem to be recovering. There's a few really old people that are kind of going down but i don't know yeah well Damn. either way it's still crazy man it's it's, it's the, this, like this type of stuff you see in movies it's the it's the craziest thing that that this like this gen couple generations have ever seen i've never seen like i mean every every if you look at history i mean they were like you imagine like world war Two and like it's this is all that kind of shit you read in the history books like we're part of it right now I was so I was uh you know I got married in October. You got married? You got married? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I should have been. Bu- yeah, I got married in October to. I've been dating this girl for ten years, and then we got married, and so we were supposed to go to Japan for our honeymoon in March. Mm-hmm. I pushed it off because of work, and then I was like, oh, after Blackish, I'll just go. And then Blackish ended, and then this fucking shit happened, and we had to cancel our trip. Damn. Yeah, I I mean no, it's, it's crazy stuff, dude. You know she's w- able to work from home, which is good. You know she works mm-hmm. at UCLA and she's a librarian. 
<laughs> so she's just at home like but she does like you know like digital stuff like with yeah. her workers yeah. and they were talking about putting her on furlough and she got all worried she's like what does that fucking mean and then they just said oh you'd work one day less a week and make five percent less and she goes i'm cool with that yeah, yeah. nobody want to get sick man that's when it comes to your health yeah it, it really sucks for a lot of people that you know like can't pay their bills and stuff man it that's crazy. Well, it's it's very crazy. It's it's got me. Uh, I mean, I saved money, and I had to, you know, dude. I come from a really poor place. Me and my mom were always really broke. It took me forever to just not spend the money I have. You know, I don't know how good you are with your money, but I'm, you know, I'm sure you're like me, and you know a lot of people that are just really bad with money. Yeah. 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 And it really sucks because they they got families, you know. Yeah, yeah, I try to save up a little bit, man, because like, st- like stuff like this, you never know. So, do you, you know. do, do, do uh, you live in the South? Do you, did you, do you, I mean, I don't know, I'll probably delete this part, but I'll be like, do you have protection? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm waiting on the, the purge, I'm waiting on all it. You know, I said this, I said some stuff like this was going to happen a couple years ago on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I've been telling my mom, I was saying, I said, do you got to save money and you got to protect yourself, you know, like, so I got some stuff. I'll protect my mom if I have to, you know, she's not, know. she's I not mean, far. I'm pretty sure if, if it come down to it where, let's say the stores run out of food and all this stuff, people going to try to come in your house. Oh yeah. I already know that. They're going to try to come get your toilet paper. Everything. <laughs> right. Damn toilet paper. I just understand why people just buy toilet paper. That, that blows my mind. Yeah. I've been saying that. I, and then the 5G thing, I saw what you said about 5G. Oh my God, Bobby. <laughs> Got Roro's on that shit now too. Oh my God, man. I can't believe why, why would you think? And first of all, in my, in my, uh, in my town, we don't even have 5G. <laughs> so how the hell are we getting? <laughs> we don't even have it. Yeah. So crazy, man. You know, you know what's really funny about 5G is uh, yesterday I, I was doing one of these and I was talking to my buddy Joe and he was on 5G and that fucker's phone was breaking up like a motherfucker. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that shit sucks. <laughs> man, man, these people, man, man they, they get stuff and just run with it, man. I hate that. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's just it. one of the biggest problems, man. It's like, no matter what you see, there's always some other side of it that's just like, yeah, tra- that's just another like a lie, like a total, total flat out lies. And it's like, you know what I've been, t- I've been almost telling people, I was like, don't worry about that shit because it's it's nothing you can control. You ain't rich, exactly. So exactly, you need to just focus on you and just fucking try to succeed. You know, that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah, my mama, she talk about that stuff every day. I'm like. Oh, please. I don't want to hear about no damn Corona. We've been hearing about this stuff for the last month already. I don't want to hear about it. That, but that's all. Uh-huh. It's all anybody talks about. That's all there is to talk about because ain't nobody doing shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I am i don't want to <laughs> fucking do that. I mean, talk a little bit because I just wanted to see how people are being affected or whatever. But mm-hmm. when you uh, when you first got, where did you, did you grow up in Jackson? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome that you're yeah, fucking right. home where you because I live. I live where I grew up. I live three doors down from my mom. Not, a, I, I'm not happy about that. I love her, but God, I, she gets in my hair. <laughs> but um, that's pretty awesome, man. And are you coaching at the high school you went to? No, I'm coaching. Actually, the rival high school I went to. Oh, why'd you do that for? <laughs> I 
Oh, they well they they closed my school oh. because of uh, testing and all that stuff. Oh, were they, they cheating? They <laughs> nah, they were they weren't getting grades. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> you know, the state, you know, you got to do stuff for the state and all that, and they they didn't qualify through the testing, so they closed it down. I'm surprised that they didn't just cheat and just say fuck it, you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> to keep that no thing open. Now you know how to cheat right, so <laughs> that's, that sucks. That's all, man. <laughs> so, what? Whenever when you went to Memphis, what uh, what made you pick Memphis? What were your other schools you were looking at? Man, uh, I was I was gonna sign with Alabama <sighs> until Mike uh, Price had a that little strip club scandal. <laughs> had the hey, strip club scandal. I get it. I get. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't understand yeah. why it's a scandal. <laughs> exactly. I guess I don't know what he well, he doing something he had no business, but uh, he had got fired. So, like three other of my uh, teammates at the time, I'm going to Tennessee Tech. So I was like, "Fuck it, let's go." On the on this the the signing day, I was no, I was about to sign my Whoa. name on the dotted line. Peter called me. They called me to the office. It was like, like, yeah, uh, Brian, we got a scholarship for you. Want you down here? You want to take it? I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. So I, I come back. They were like, who was that? I said, man, I'm going to Memphis. They were wow. like, what? I was like, yo, I'm going to Memphis. They were like, hell no. Nah. I said, shit, watch this. He faxed it on over. Wow. Signing, signing came to Memphis. Dude, Fichtner, <laughs> he was the one who called me too because – so this is how it worked for me. I was going to Mount Sac, and I, try, and I was supposed to go to Stanford, but I had like a C-plus – in chemistry in high school. Yeah. I was academic all American at Mount Sac. My name is on the fucking locker room wall for having good <laughs> grades. And I still couldn't get into Stanford. So the guy who was recruiting me, he was trying to recruit me at USC when I was trying to get mm -hmm. out of high school. And because he couldn't get me at Stanford and he recommended me to coach Mallory, but then I was on the phone with Feekner. So, and I know Randy Feekner is the, is he the quarterbacks coach at the Steelers now? He's the OC. He's the OC. He was QBs for a long time. He's the yeah, fucking coordinator. Yeah. I wonder if he screams at them like he used to scream at us. Probably not. No shit. Well, he's lucky. On he's lucky he got that <laughs> shit out. You ever remember? Do you remember when he screamed? He was screaming at Bobby Robinson, and he had dip in his mouth, and it just started dripping. Like he screamed, yeah. Bobby, and his shit just started dripping down his chin. <laughs> <laughs> And then everybody was trying not to laugh because he's fucking that guy's voice, man. Woo. Yeah. He, you should have saw him when he was when he came to my house. He was fucking. I thought he was on drugs. I was like, what's wrong with this man? Oh, dude, I, I was, thought the same he thing. He's redhead. That's what it is. He's a fucking <laughs> yeah. crazy ass redhead mother. You know. Um. So I'm gonna tell this story. You know? Did you ever? You weren't. I don't think you were there. So, me and Bobby. We're living with Darren B. Johnson, and Darren B. Johnson, and oh, who was that lockdown? Lee Hayes. Lee Hayes. And they were in our room, and then everybody started coming over and doing World Series of Dice in the fucking living room. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> were you that there? Was a good time. No, I wasn't there with them. I remember I hadn't been to a few though. Okay, so they but it, so they were they would do dice in our room. So uh, one time we came home and they were playing dice in the living room, and we went into Bobby's room and we were playing uh, NCAA and shit. And it was me, Bobby, and Tommy, and there was a 
bottle with like a couple little bits of vodka left in it, like a big bottle, you know? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it's really quiet in the living room. And I was like, what's going on? It's really quiet in there. Uh, and then I didn't think anything of it. So we're just playing video games. And then there's a knock on the door. Uh, not on the front door, on our door. And I open the door. And it was a Memphis uh, school police. That uh, They're real cops, right? Uh, I think yeah. they, they were real yeah. cops. But it was a dude I knew. And he comes in. He goes, what the fuck is going on here? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> oh, he, he goes, you guys need to get rid of that vodka bottle, but shit's about to get crazy. And I was like, what? And he goes, come outside, hide the bottle. So we hid the bottle and we went to the living room and he holds up the biggest bag of weed I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like huge, like more than a pound. Had to be a pound. So he goes, what is, what's going on here? I said, dude, that's not ours. We literally just got home. And it's like, we're not going to, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say like, we know what happened because we're not snitching, but we know that that's not ours. It's like, is there anybody else here? It's like, we're not sure. He goes, okay. So they went and opened up the other rooms. There were two rooms and there was like 40 people in those rooms. <laughs> all oh you saw, all you saw were the eyes. Uh, because it was, they turned all the lights out. So they pulled them out. They found fireworks in our closet. They found empty beer bottles under the sink. And then they were like trying to figure out what was going on. And then Coach Feekner showed up in his pajamas. Are they called Coach? They call, somebody called Coach. Coach Feekner shows up. It's like 11 at night. So apparently somebody called because they smelled weed. And then... Uh, Coach Feekner shows up and he asks me, he pulls me and Bobby to the side and says, what the fuck happened? And we said to Coach Feekner, we're like, dude, we're, we weren't involved, but so, uh, if somebody else was playing dice in the living room, and I, I'm not going to say who, we, don't, we just don't know, but it's not us. He goes, I don't want this shit to end up on ESPN. <laughs> That's all he cared about. But that was, oh, oh, he said, he goes, oh, I don't actually, I can't say what he said because it's pretty bad. But he basically said he was, uh, you take me out of bed with my wife for this. <laughs> he, he was, he, I want to, I want to see how big his son, his son should be about what, 19? Oh, his son was crazy. I remember his little boy. I forgot about him. He looked just like him with that red hair. Red hair, yeah, he was, he was real little. He didn't have no front teeth. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I actually'd like to know. He, you know, if anything, if he doesn't play, he'll definitely get into coaching. Oh yeah, yeah, he around. I know he around that all the time. Yeah. How was it? How was it going to Memphis from Jackson? Oh, it was different. You know, we small town here. That's yeah. a big city up there compared to what I was used to, but. Yeah. I like it. I mean it taught me a lot. What was uh what what was a big wake up call when you when you showed up to real college? Man, when we um I never forget when we when we had summer practice and uh you know I'm thinking like yeah I'm that dude coming out of high school. So we was doing one on ones and Lee Hayes. Oh I said, Oh yeah, I'm gonna do him in. The man jammed me so hard, Bobby. 
I was like, damn. Brought me back to reality, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, because in, in high school, they're little kids. And then they're not. Yeah. And then when you get to the next level, they're even better than that. Yeah, he, he was actually good. I don't know what ever happened to me. I, I know since that last time I seen him was a New Orleans boy. And then I ain't seen him. He was gone after that. I thought he got into some trouble, and I thought he got kicked off the team. He, I know you. Yeah, had, I know he said he had failed that drum test. Yeah. Uh, he he hurt his ankle. I know that. I remember. Then they got when he failed the drug. What was it for weed? Yeah. That's so dumb. I don't, weed weed it should not be on that list. That shit doesn't help anything. <laughs> I mean, sure, it'll they, help you. I'm it'll help. Sure they're gonna they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. Yeah. Everywhere. I'm sure they will. Yeah, it's uh, it's what's funny is that the only thing I would say that it helps is if you're in pain. Is the only thing that'll yeah. kind of help you with, but it doesn't fucking make you a better football player. Yeah. Right. Anyways, man. Um, are you are you guys about to have some dinner? Yeah, yeah, dinner time. Get a little grilled, baby. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go, and uh, but I'd love to. I'll ca- I'll call you again soon. We'll stay in touch more. Oh, I was trying to say earlier before I let you go. Fucking, I can I can like LeBron now because he's a Laker. Because <laughs> I always yeah, they, I always talk shit. <laughs> if they, you sure do. If they let this. Lift this Corona stuff, man. We can get that shit back. I know, dude. I can finally be on Team Ryan Scott, man. Thank you. <laughs> All, All right, right, man. Well, enjoy your dinner with your family, and, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Stay in touch. Uh, all right, man. See you. Love you, man. Bye. Too. Well, that was Ryan Scott. You know, he's another. He's a member of our little uh, wolf pack now. You know, we had some great time. Oh, there's the train, the Outwater Village train. Since I was a kid, used to go off. We had some great times in college. You know, whenever I see my old teammates, I always get a little emotional. When my friend Danny Haynes got married in Florence, Alabama, many years ago, that was the first time, my first time seeing my football buddies since I graduated college. I was, it was about four or five years, and I was, like, really excited to see him. And my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she came with me, and uh, we took a trip to Nashville. You know, we made the full vacation out of it. Florence, Alabama is a bit of a small town compared to the, like, never-ending cityscape of L.A., and the uh, wedding party was basically composed of my old college uh, roommates. Most of them were on the football team, Blake, Dave, Danny, who was the groom, Danny was the groom, and then Scott was Dave's cousin. You know, I never thought that this would happen, and I was expecting to see them. I was, I mean, I was, I was anticipating seeing them, so, you know, I imagine how it would go down, and... I never thought that this would happen. Like, when I got to see him, I got teary-eyed, like, from joy. And it's actually not something that I often feel like that. I don't ever often feel, like, overwhelmed like I did. And seeing them took me back to some of the best times of my life, you know. College in a college town away from my own home. And it was actually, it was wonderful seeing them again. Danny, Danny got married in a small chapel, it was about 30, 40 minutes outside of Florence, and, and something happened after the wedding, which I'll say there, there was no alcohol served, just Coke and Diet Coke, and I was totally fine with that. Uh, it was bottled. It was nice. There was a crazy-ass storm that knocked the power out, and we were smoking cigars on a porch, and we were deciding what we were going to do that night, and the consensus was bowling, which was the only activity open that wasn't a bar or Walmart on a 9 p.m. on a Saturday in Florence, Alabama. While we were smoking cigars, it started getting windy, and we had a hard time lighting our cigars. Then, as soon as the f- cigars finally got lit, it started raining, 
And then it started just going sideways into our faces, and we were like, okay, we got to go inside. And Jen was freaked out because she'd never seen a storm like that. I mean, we have storms in L.A. They're not like the storms. I said, I just, she got freaked out, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is what it's like in the South. One minute you're going bowling, and the next minute you're full-on thunderstorms, like sideways rain. So we hung out in the hotel. We shot the shit until the wee hours of the morning, and I recommend, like, I've had a... in the few past, in the past past few episodes, to reach out to your friends and just organize some zooms and facetimes because it's really good to see pe- those people rather than to text or IM, Facebook, Insta, Snap. It's like seeing them live is like going into a time machine, dude. Or at least for me, it is in these times of crisis. You know, the last crisis we I remember that was like big was like September 11, thousand one. That was like an American crisis. But this is like a crisis. This coronavirus is like a, vi- a crisis on like a global scale, affecting almost all major countries and some other like developing nations as well. And there's a lot of places in Africa that aren't showing any cases on the virus maps. And sources say that it's because those areas aren't testing or they don't have tests or they're unable to report, which is scary to me. Maybe this will be a time to do a little experiment, you know? You should keep a log of some of the events unfolding and the timeline and what all the politicians are saying. You know, not just the the head dogs. Every I'm, what I mean by that is not just the president and the and the right, but also the left, and just see what they're saying and when they're saying it. You know, we should keep a log of this and then take the timeline of the things that our president said and Falwell from like Liberty College and and write down the things as they happen and then see how quickly people forget about them in the future or how they'll try to spin things in their favor. History seems to be one game of telephone and it's weird because we have all this information at our fingertips but everybody seems to have access to the distribution of so- on social media. So even uh, total shitbags and numbskulls or other nation subversives who want to flood us with propaganda can put out any information they want, whether it's real or not. It, like There's so much misinformation or just weak hunches, and and it's like people just make shit up, and it seems true, so people start putting it on Facebook, you know? So then, and then our own media, the sensationalist media. So when I say media, I'm not attacking the media, like as a whole. Our sensationalist media, like CNN, Fox News, Breitbart, they create these clickbait stories because news is about ratings. Like, you know what's crazy is Anchorman 2. I mean, take it as you want. It's just a comedy. But they hit a nail on the head when it comes to the car crash shit. Instead of the news, they people don't want that. They want the car crashes. They want sensation. They want drama, breaking news. You notice how like every five minutes is breaking news. Every we get, I mean, because we get it so fast now. But if you are listening to this as an adult, I just want you to try to not get so triggered and stay away from the entertainment news. I guess mine would be considered entertainment news, even though it's not news because I'm not going anywhere because I'm staying at home. I know everybody's bored and they want to be entertained, but how about you do your entertaining through like TV shows uh, that you've never watched before, but they've been on your list, you know, like go back and watch Deadwood. Like that's what I'm doing or uh, Westworld. I know there are two like kind of Westerns, but 
if you want to content, you know, if you want to just take everything with a grain of salt and really try to read through the lines and don't just take memes that you see and just post them without doing any research. Just fact check your stuff. I mean, on every, every type of fact checking way that you can, you know, and if you can't, then just move on because we're not rich. You're not rich and you're not part of the uh, people who make shit happen. You're just normal. And so all you can try to do is what's best for you and your friends and people around you. If you want to contact the White Wolf's Den, you can be at whitewolfsden at gmail.com. W-I-T-E-W-O-L-F-S-D-E-N at gmail.com. Whitewolfsden at gmail.com. No H. I know it's confusing, but I feel like it's like easier, somewhat easier to remember because I'm going to keep throwing. And obviously, if you're on the podcast or if you're looking on YouTube, you can see on the bottom the name, the White Wolf's Den. So just copy that, White Wolf's Den, White Wolf's Den at gmail.com. You can ask me questions. You can ask, you can rant at me. You can tell me what I said wrong. Redact, I'll redact. Uh, you can talk shit. Just say what a stupid idiot or a... You know, my double chin, or or the, it's weird that I shave, that, you know, anything you want to say. Uh, all right, so have a nice day, and see you next time.